0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders worldwide. I'm excited. Today is a good day. Um, You know, to quote Ice Cube, it's a very good day. And I've got some interesting information for today's update. First off, let me just jump right into kind of our daily update. So I mentioned before I was going to have a guest on the show. That episode did occur and I did as much mastering as I could. And the token is the DYR token, which I've done coverage on in the past. So go back to that episode if you want to get the preface to what got me to this point. And the gentleman is on the show. He goes by the name Striking. He has his own YouTube. He is basically the official, kind of the face of the brand. He does the coverage for the token, and they do Coffee with Striking. They also do um, Jason, the same CEO, Jason. And they'll do various talks and AMAs and things. And so they are very interactive with the community. And my whole goal was to kind of hear directly from their perspective, what got them together, what caused them to become a thing. And I didn't walk away disappointed. I was very satisfied with the conversation that I was on the right track. These guys have all the best intentions. And I'm very respectful that they were willing to set aside some time just to briefly chat with me. It was not designed to answer all questions, It was more to, one thing with credibility in crypto, and same is true with any cryptocurrency. If you have various cryptos where all they do are kind of hide in Telegram or they're only in Discord, you never hear them, you never see them, and so you can't put a face to the name, they're not willing to put their reputation on the line, it tends to, it should, but it tends to make me sketchy and a little bit hesitant to trust them with significant amounts of my money doesn't mean that I won't necessarily throw like a dollar. And I've mentioned that on some of these where it's like, save cat girl, right? I said, you know, that's kind of sketchy. I might toss like a dollar or something and that's it. Turns out it's a rug pull. So I've been able to kind of mitigate some of that by way of the behaviors of the team. And I've talked about the difference in how cryptos behave where some of them, it's like you guys are just sketchy. Sometimes it's ego. Sometimes they're just in over their head and they don't realize what's going on. And then some of them just malicious. They just want to take your money and run and there's been tons of scams rug pulls honey pots just straight up developer that gets disgruntled takes the money you you name it it's probably happened to anybody that's in crypto at least once now people have lost varying levels of money like i haven't lost a lot of money because i've been very conservative about my investments but just like some of you i've had some money that was lost and i kind of took it as it is what it is i i look at my wallet right now and there's money that sits there you know, it's like $20, $30. I've truly done as much as I could to try to mitigate it. And I've realized it's almost like a full-time job to be aware of different scams. Well, the the ecosystem these guys have built has been tremendous in that informational piece and trying to expose to various people and inform them and educate them and get them more aware of the different things out there and trying to push it forward, but also trying to help educate as part of my whole genesis of the podcast, this one, was to educate and inform and share what I can glean that might be helpful to you. But ultimately, as I always say, you have to kind of do your own research and make your own decision because what makes sense for you may not make sense for me and vice versa. So what they've built, I think, is tremendous. And the, the conversation, which you'll hear here momentarily, has reaffirmed that I, I saw something and it was legit and it's true and they are definitely worth your time to look at it, and the things that are happening. Once this call wraps up, I will resummarize some of the most significant notes from this that he summarized near the end of the call. I want to just preface before I get to this uh, call, I'm going to cover some news, some quick news in the crypto land. Um, Most of this has to do with um, U.S. citizens, I think, by and large, but I want to cover a bit of news, and then I will get to the the call that we had in the call that we had, I used different hardware on purpose because I was testing a new setup to do this. And his side came across pretty good, but the, the, we used Skype and Skype for whatever reason was having a couple of issues. So what you'll hear is true to life straight up of what we had, except for two snippets where we had, he had to drop out of mine and I had to drop out of his. Everything else is largely unedited, untouched as we discussed it. And it was a very It went fast. It went faster than I anticipated because there was so much information to talk about. And I have invited them back on the show and they've invited me on their show. So as you hear some of the information coming out from there, I would like my call to action to you, take a look and make sure you're aware of what the token's doing. Do as much research as makes you comfortable. You will see some, some changes in how they've done things. And that's, that's on purpose. They're trying to kind of reset. They take lessons learned and, redo things from scratch you'll hear him talk about that here's some important points though which i will again reiterate at the end of the call if you have bought into dyor token it is important that you listen to some of the instructions that he gives and that i reiterate because you will need to have a call to action in early january because they're doing some things that you need to be aware of and that you need to do to make sure you don't miss out because the contract's changing if you weren't aware it's going to be another migration and you know how I feel about migrations in general, they're going to send me kind of the high-level steps of what's planned, but I'm going to go through the process myself so that I can try to help you and ease the process. The hardest part is going to be able to find everybody. So the thought I had was to try to help that saturation if there are people who listen to my podcast that don't follow social media and they're not on Telegram, they're not on Discord, but they, maybe they bought in at some point in the past like I did, and they're just not aware that things are shifting, we certainly don't want anyone left behind because it's your money. Even if it's a small amount of money, we don't want you left behind. And we think it's important that you are able to migrate to the new token safely. As long as you are aware of it, you can then make whatever decision makes sense for you. If you feel like, hey, I'm gonna go and migrate and kind of wait on it because I believe in it, awesome. If for whatever reason you feel like you want to kind of go a different way, that's your choice. I'm advocating for them as a strong investment in a diverse portfolio, though, if for no other reason than the fact that their structure of what they're trying to do and how they're trying to help the crypto industry can not only help you, but help others, which, of course, should lend itself to increased values over time. And I'm curious to see how the new contract comes up. They've talked about a number of things that they tried and just didn't work out for them. So the new contract should be a complete shift for a lot of people, especially because I know some of the mechanics are moving away from what used to be popular, what used to be the most you know, sought-after way to do a token. As we saw with Earnhub, they did the same thing. They just shifted stuff around, and they had some hurdles trying to get the move. They eventually got some of that sorted out. There are still some bugs, but generally speaking, it's pretty darn smooth. And then as people started to be unable to sell, the price necessarily tanked, but then we're seeing more strong elasticity, and, of course, people like the Anyflex. So as, as long as you believe in the project, this is my summary, you believe in the project, you believe in what they're trying to do, and that's why I want you to go look at it and make your own choice. Don't follow what I'm saying. Make your own decision. I'm just pointing you in the right direction. As long as you believe in what they're doing, as long as you believe in their message and their mission, and as long as you support how they're doing the tokenomics and you feel confident in it, I see no reason why you should not consider them as part of a diverse portfolio because I do believe it's going to be one of those strong ones. It's a long haul because they're they're doing a there's a marketing plan and there's a promotional plan that they're backing this with and they're they're trying to aggressively put it out, but it's a long haul simply because they have purposely not done many of the mechanics that are like the short quick win, you know, quick cash type deals that you see. So because of that, it's, you're going to want to hold it. You're going to want to just kind of hang on to it if you choose to buy into it. Don't worry about price movement. It's one of those that you just buy and just kind of ignore it <laughs> and then just let time pass. Many of these tokens that are the, the legitimate ones, there's a pattern in them being more long-haul holds as opposed to short-term profits. That said, there are like the rich quacks of the world where you're able to make some quick money in a short period of time, but then they have more volatility where you lose value if you didn't buy in at a pretty good chunk, like a $50 or something. So I'm not dismissing those. I'm simply saying that the pattern I see of the robust, legitimate, solid, pretty much long haul tokens is the same. They are not designed to make you rich quick. They're designed to kind of generate interest on a very very routine basis. And then eventually, yes, there's going to be a realization of of profits. So, again, that's DYR token. When I tried to hit their website earlier, it was not responding. So if you're on social media, reach out on social media if you need to. Um, But you can research them on CoinMarketCap. You can research them on CoinGecko. You can research them other places to get a sense of it. And then also take a look at rug seekers and the other tools that are in their ecosystem. And they're different teams of folks, but they all have a common goal and objective, which is to keep safe, keep people safe and help you avoid getting ripped off. We know that ultimately it's your decision, what you invest in and what you don't. So we can't keep you safe. You kind of have to keep yourself safe, but the information that they're gathering and the knowledge that they're building is designed to be additional tools to help you and ease the process. And we all know that when you're new to it or you're trying to help a friend, how much you really just have to know just to get involved in the thing and then to avoid these types of scams from happening to people in the future so any central repository of this knowledge it helps everybody and of course helps the value of what we're doing until we get to a point where we have sensible regulations both internal to the crypto industry and then external in terms of our various governments so let me go and cover my token that i have selected before i get to the call the call is going to happen here in the later part but I wanted to make sure I cover a token because I felt this one particularly, uh, it was important that I call it out because I saw some very interesting, let's say, moves earlier this morning. And anybody, by the way, that has any information about this token beyond what I'm going to share, um, I'm curious to know kind of how it's gone for you because it seems like it just recently launched as far as I can tell. When I This morning, just to give some background, this morning I was doing – Uh, my mining as I usually do and I sent my mining profits to in this case gate.io and the intent was to go ahead and convert it to something I could send to Coinbase which is a normal thing and when I was in there I noticed that I needed to let money sit there just for a little bit while I sorted some other stuff out and usually what I'll do is I'll find another token that looks like it's got some good price movement and I'll set it there to just make a little bit of profit before I shift it off to where I want it to go And I stumbled across one that's called Tether Gold, and its call sign is X-A-U-T. It looks to me like it just launched yesterday, and it immediately skyrocketed over $1,000, which normally that's going to be a red flag. However, the fact that it was called Tether got me interested as to what's behind this thing. And because it's Tether, it's going to be legit, but it's also going to be attacked by different outlets. Well, guess what? This is a token that's backed by gold. Now that catches me and it intrigues me. It's an Ethereum-based token, so you can buy it in Ethereum. You can buy it on the swap and others. I would recommend you buy it through an exchange if you do buy it. And there's a couple of exchanges that it's uh, supported on. But the fact that it's backed by gold. Now, just as I describe that to you, anybody that doesn't know about the United States currency, let me give you a little history lesson about how the U.S. currency currently works. And what happened? So there was a time when the United States dollar was backed by gold. This is during a period where gold was kind of the thing to have. This is when there was a desire to own as much gold as possible. And there were situations where people were mining the gold and then promissory notes, quote unquote, were issued in lieu of the actual gold. But it was always tried tied to be backed into it. This goes back as far as the Spanish dollar. Now they changed this because of different things that were going on wars and taxation and depreciation and all of these different elements that were happening. And then there was this fear of, you know, kind of constraint on gold inventory, which is of course legitimate and a concern that we were at some point going to run out of the ability to create currency, which then would create, problems in trying to manage inflation and keep prices in control and all this stuff but also help our debts overseas there was a lot of different thought process that went into this so franklin delano roosevelt who was the president of the united states at the time and this is in the the 30s basically says okay we need to decouple gold as the standard for this we got to get to the point where we can Basically, not have to be tied or directly pegged, as it were, to gold. So then, this starts, and we say, "Okay, this is what does this mean?" And remember, we're still coming off World War II, and we're still trying to kind of figure out what our economy needs to look like. And anybody who was aware of that time and was a history buff will understand that, "Hey, this is our prices are pretty much good, but." The distribution of wealth was a bit of a challenge. We're trying to recover from the various wars, spending in the Vietnam War, commodities, imports, and all these different things that were causing us challenges in doing this. Once, So time passes and we recognize the problem, but we didn't really do much about it. We're still in this promissory note world of issuing debt, but we still had that kind of correlation to gold at some level. In the 70s, Nixon comes along, and if you heard the name Nixon, you know he's the most notorious president, but Nixon comes along and basically says, okay, stop it, no more gold dollar, it's done. That's what caused the later, you know, as on the videos you can go to YouTube, it's like, you know, printing money at infinite amounts of cash, that's the, we're not going to have this direct correlation. So this... Was This got some outcry because it was unconstitutional because it's written in our laws that it needed to be correlate to gold. But what he did was disruptive and was a direct cause of right now our inability to manage inflation because we can just print money at will, which they do. So they put more laws in place that say anytime we're increasing the debt, this is what we need to do about it, which is we got to have approval from Congress. We got to do this over here and then the Federal Reserve has to actually issue an increase and all this, and then we're constantly having to go back and back and back, which is why you might see on the news there's constant this thing about shutting down the government and increase the budget and all this, and these bills that are one-off patches to the problem because now we still have to pay more and more and more, but the gross domestic product is all this in shift, and we no longer have real, quote, trust in our currency. So... Our currency is of reasonably high value compared to other countries, but it's no longer backed by something of strong, persistent value as gold has been since those times. So when you have something like this tether gold that is saying, you know what, we're just going to back this against gold. And it's based on the London gold, good delivery, gold bar. That's that's an intriguing potential investment because it's one of those where you don't, you can invest in gold right now. You can invest as a commodity straight in gold, but to be able to invest in a crypto that is backed by gold should mean more stability in the value of those cryptocurrencies for a crypto portfolio. So if volatility is a concern in theory, there should be the, the, the ability to hold a crypto like this and, stabilize your investment but they took it a step further which i think is cool and the reason i'm talking to you about it they gave the ability for you to correlate and prove that your specific tether gold stake what bar and ounces of your portion just by your ethereum address that's cool and i haven't tested this yet but i was going to i have not because i was so excited to talk to you about it But this is exciting. That's pretty darn cool. If they've managed to pull that off, and I will test it, and I will do a follow-up episode on it with a little bit more in-depth, it's not one of your usual tokens that's just designed to make you rich. It looks more like you want to have more stability in your value. You want to make sure that you don't have to, because there's some downsides to owning gold as well. And the simplicity of getting into it, the simplicity of owning it, the simplicity of working and managing it is amazing. I can't speak enough of this. So take a look at it yourself. And I want you to, if you do, I want you to look at it under the lens of stability of your investment, not of a get-rich-quick scheme. It might skyrocket, but generally speaking, I want you to think of it as a stability-type asset because if it's true that it's backed by gold, then I want to make sure that you recognize that it. It's for stability purposes primarily. It's not for get rich quick. It's to try to stabilize. So then you might say, well, what's the, why do this when you have the, the stable coin, the actual USD tether? Those are pegged to the U.S. dollar, right, which is not pegged to gold, which means that its value is pegged based on and affected by inflation and deflationary actions taken by the United States government. doesn't mean you don't use it or do it, But whatever fiat in your country, as we all know, is subject to change and fluctuate over time. So you can't fully trust in it, even though it's a, quote, stable coin, because of the way that the value of our fiats work. Now, that said, for the purposes of transactions, it's probably perfectly fine. For the purposes of short-term savings, it's probably perfectly fine. But if you really wanted to insulate your basis, meaning how much money you have, against the harms of inflation... You do want to have it backed by something that is truly a physical asset, and that's what there looks like. The problem this one's trying to solve. So take a look at it. It's my call to action. Look at it, research it, and if it makes sense to you, feel free to go ahead and, and purchase this guy. And again, I would go through an exchange if I were you. There are some registration requirements they have, which is for redemption purposes. Which is, um, it looks like it's for the gold side of things, but. For just holding the token, you can just buy an the exchange and call it done. That one I did do. I just did not do the full throttle uh, allocation search, which I'm going to do next. So that one's the Tether Gold. And again, the Tether is one of the various uh, ecosystems out there, so they have other ones. Tether Gold is just one of those pegged by or backed by physical gold, pegged to the price of that gold. I think it's worth looking into for a diverse portfolio. I stress diverse. Don't YOLO into it a diverse portfolio which is one piece of it and then over time as you gain more confidence in tokens like this then you might add more tokens um into that any more purchases into it but without further ado let me go ahead and get into the DYOR token again this is Striking um he's from Coffee with Striking featured on YouTube he has a YouTube channel as Striking and he's also on social media so without any ado and without any delay let's go and get to it and just a warning my audio was a bit shifty because I was testing new hardware, so it won't sound as pristine as this one does. And then Skype was having some issues. So there are some white space parts that were trimmed out. But the audio in this one will be different than what my microphone does just because it was a completely different hardware setup. And anytime I do a video, it'll be a similar hardware setup, but it means I'll have to stop using Skype going forward so you'll get the best audio experience. Striking's audio was perfect, I think his video was perfect, his audio was perfect, but for whatever reason, skype just overly compressed mine so all right, let's take it away with no coffee with striking all right awesome how's it going on your side of the your side of the jungle? I know you guys are doing a lot
1: uh it's going it's going well it's going well on the, this side of the the jungle uh this side of the pond this side of the planet, whichever uh every way you want to describe it um we've been uh, going gangbusters the past uh, couple of months getting ready to relaunch our contract here at dyor and uh um that combined with the holiday season kind of presents uh presents you with a uh, a dilemma and the moral dilemma of do i hang out with my kids or do i try to make some money exactly <laughs> and, exactly yeah, and, and, and so that is something that uh, I think is uh, um, uh, always difficult this time of year for everyone. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, whether you're in the podcasting is, podcasting industry, uh, cryptocurrency, whether you uh, deliver for Amazon or UPS, which of course is certainly crazy now, or just work for the government and have a, a lot of time off. This is still a difficult time of the year to get things done. So to answer your question succinctly, it's uh, it's quite, quite a busy time.
0: I would agree, and I appreciate that you took time to chat with me today, and I want to give kind of background of what led me to you, to the token, the project, and I want to dig a little bit deeper because you talked about the change of the contract. I want to dig that a little bit, but what I tried to do, I first covered the token, I think it was about a month and a half ago, possibly two months ago, and I just gave a high level, which is what I usually do. When I see a project that appears to be from my perspective, an underdog, as it were, meaning that <laughs> it's not as well-known as your Ethereum's of the world and your Solana's of the world, but there right. is a strong potential for people who are newer to it, where they want to have projects that they invest in, that either for profit reasons or they believe in the what the project's doing or they believe in the team or some motivating reason to have it as part of a diverse portfolio. So what intrigued me here is that information appeared to be kind of the strength of your project of informing investors and helping them stay safe and helping them avoid all the different things happening in crypto with rug pulls and honey pots and everything else and it's it's unique in that regard but second then what happens and i want to kind of hear from your angle not mine but then what happens with the change in the ceo which it doesn't help matter certainly but it gives you an opportunity now to kind of readjust and realign and take it from a different angle and rethink things through but still keep the keep the course keep the mission going all of this was inspirational to me and as i look deeper into it it's like okay these guys are legit they're serious they're here to stay there's few of you few tokens that have the right motivations you believe in your investors you want them to be you trust trustworthy of you and you're working to try to not only gain that trust, but keep it. So right. if you would, give me kind of the elevator pitch of what brought you guys together as a team to do this. What was your motivation for getting into this?
1: Well, the motivation was was pretty simple, and that is the, the concept that you could invest in something and then get all your money stolen was an anathema to myself and the other people that uh, kind of started DYOR. Uh, you know, coming off of doing the regular type of investing stuff. It's, you know, stock market, talking to your, you know, second uncle who's in the markets. And, the, you know, you get uh, you get some uh, information about this and that, and you, you know, you invest in some stock. Well, you forget about it for a while. And next year, it's still there. You know, it may not have done great. It may not have lost all its value, but it's still there generally. And, uh, and then with crypto, we got to start to investing. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And I understand it. I have a I do have a background in the futures markets from when I was a, a, younger, a younger person, so I, I took to it very quickly. What I didn't take to was the fraud and corruption that was involved in it mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and getting to the point where you'd wake up in the morning and have to have to look at your phone to make sure you didn't get rug pulled or honeypotted overnight or something like that. And it was a new experience for me. And, and, and it started in the typical way that an adult gets started in crypto, and and that is that your son says, Dad, you need to get involved in this. And Dad says, oh, son, that's too risky. You know, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Well, he told me that when Bitcoin was at $300 each. And he never lets me forget that. And so <laughs> he came back to me and said that, Dad, you need to get involved in this, this thing called SafeMoon. I'm like, oh, well, you know, he's like, remember what I told you about Bitcoin? He's like, all right. So I invested in in uh, a couple hundred bucks in, uh, in SafeMoon and it turned into many thousands of dollars. And I was like, "Wow, I like this crypto thing. This is great." And so uh, I, I, I took the the profits from it. And it was great. And then I proceeded to lose it all, about as fast as you as I made it in SafeMoon through rug pulls, honey pots, just poor investments, slow rugs, you know, all the different ways you can lose money on the BSC chain or in crypto in general. And and I said, "All right, I've had enough of this." And and what was the breaking point? I was in another Discord with a group of people that all followed a, a YouTube uh, video guy and we actually got rug pulled no I'm sorry we got honey potted live on camera I was we weren't on camera the we were all in the in the in the comment sections talking about it and we we're watching this one chart go up and people were investing in it of course and FOMOing like crazy and then all of a sudden someone says hey can't sell and we're like oh no and, and sure enough <laughs> It was called NFT moon and we all got, we all got honey potted on that. And then yeah, and, and so we, uh, uh, a bunch of us that were in the discord, uh, started our own discord and started vetting projects, uh, for people so that they don't have that problem. Uh, and we did that it was a group of guys, uh, just doing it for free. And we did that for about probably two months. And someone said, well, we should, you know, we're doing this for free. And we're spending a lot of time doing it. Let's uh, start our own coin. And our former CEO had been messing around with it. And so he, one night, just in the middle of the night, he just started a token. And that was the original DYOR version one. And it was a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. Just a disaster right from the start. It was his first time he was using coin tools, not writing it himself. And uh, we, we all agreed that it was just going to be a test. Uh, but then that YouTuber that we were following before got wind of it and plastered it all over the the internet and tweeted it out and all of a sudden we had all these other people investing in it as a new token. Wow. And so we had to give it a shot to fix it and it wasn't working. So we had to we had to basically uh, and it was a renounced contract and it was uh, and all the problems that everything a, a new contract would have that new people have never done any of this would have. So we came up with DYOR version two, wrote the contract properly. Uh, and did things the right way. We didn't have a pre-sale. We started with like $5,000 in the LP, and the market cap was like you know $10,000 or $12,000 when we launched. And uh, just let it grow organically. Uh, And over time, and as we solved people's problems, they'd spread the word, hey, my friends at DYOR kept me from investing in, you know, Chiba flocky coin up yours in you type stuff. And uh, the word spread, so people would slowly invest in us. Uh, and uh, uh, and and as a result, we formed this kind of tight knit group that talked on the on the phone or on Discord every night about things, about our project. You know, we had long periods of consolidation which our project didn't get noticed at all. Uh, and then we started getting a little uh, little notice on from uh, YouTubers and other influencers that we weren't paying. They were just saying, hey, there's a group out there that's just doing education. And if you want some information about a contract, go there and they'll rip it apart for you and find out if what the deal is. We weren't issuing audits or scores. We were just giving our, you know, hey, this no, <laughs> this one's going to yeah. be a honeypot. You know, just stay away from these things. And it worked, and it worked, and we ended up, uh, you know, then forming the the DYOR kind of team and 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 more of an organization out of that. And, uh, and that is kind of the long version of how uh, we got started and how I got roped into it. So then the Change
0: from the so the V1 contract. Let's talk about some of the challenges in the V1 contract because I had looked at the mechanics of the V1 contract and I didn't personally see anything that was a red flag immediately when I looked at it. And that was when I bought in because the way I do my podcast,
1: the the, to be clear, this is currently version two. V1 was only in May and June. Yeah. So, okay, the the concern I had
0: um, with YouTubers in general, influencers, and so on many of them don't have skin in the game. So they don't go through the pain to really understand what it is they advocate. So then what happens is you have certain tokens like Keanu Inu, which is one that I invested in ages ago. And there's all these fundamental problems, but it's an otherwise solid project. It's just, they're doing things kind of weird. So then people are like, that's a scam, it's a rug. And you're like, no, it's not. It's just, you have incompetent developers. That's a whole
1: different problem. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> right, different problem.
0: So when I bought into that token, they had just failed to do a Vegas launch. And if you I don't know if you follow Satama, but Satama recently did the Vegas <laughs> launch and it went totally wrong. There's nothing wrong with the Satama project, the code, I think it's clean myself, but the team has made these mistakes, right? And then I still watch it as an investor, which allows me to cover it from a perspective of an investor. I'm not giving you factual data that you shouldn't be betting. You should be vetting what I say too, but I can see right. fundamental people issues in a lot of these projects where you could have a token that, that wants to be profitable and wants to succeed and wants to do it right, but they are in over their heads. And I wanna know from the V1 to the V2 perspective and with some of the things that you saw and concerns in the V1 versus the V2, contrast it with other tokens that you have done analysis on, what would you say is the kind of the percentage of true malicious intent, meaning I do wanna take your money and I'm gonna honeypot or rug pull you, versus just blatant incompetence. You're in over your head. You didn't know what you're getting into. You didn't realize this is hard. And it's not that they have bad intentions. They just got it wrong. And then after they get it wrong, then they turn into the
1: malicious actor. Does that make sense? It does, and I obviously I wouldn't be able to give you an exact percentage, but I can tell you that people focus on the rug pull aspect of it and the fraud part of it, but the incompetence level is just as large or maybe even larger than the fraud part of it. Because now that it's become so much easier to launch tokens, uh, just, you know, it, literally now there are projects, tokens that are started just to launch tokens, and you can go to a DAP and just start your own token. Yep. and. And and, and people get in way over their head because it takes a long time to understand liquidity. Mm -hmm. And I admit, I was well into crypto, and I thought I understood liquidity. And I was like, "Hey, I don't understand this properly, and (laughs) it's causing me to make bad decisions." And even to this day, I mean, I consider myself a veteran in crypto, and it's been what almost 10 months. That's it. You know, that's you know, in crypto, that's like, wow, that's an old guy in crypto. And uh, and so. The incompetence part of it drives a lot of our our education and uh, needs. And that is what's driving our desire to set up uh, what we call our Waldorf garden, our our education uh, web apps to help teach people. And if you've heard me say it on the air before, it's not just cause like, oh, we think we can teach people. this is great, and this kind of stuff. It's more to that. We don't want people to go through the many months that we went through of learning that you went through, that I went through, that all our friends went through, learning the bad things. We wanna compress that learning time frame down to somebody so that they can get into crypto in one or two days, just like you would in the stock market. You know, yep. you call your broker and he said, these things are safe, your money will be fine, don't worry about it. And we wanna do that. If we can compress that learning time down to the same time that the rest of the world does for regular investments, that's when the masses of people will come in. Right now, there's millions of people in crypto, you know, there's billions of people investing in the world. And uh, the barrier to entry is that learning curve. Because so many people I've run into on my show, I'm sure you've talked to them. They're like, yeah, I got into crypto in two weeks. I got rug pulled five times. I got honey potted. And I lost my $5,000 I had set aside to do this, or I turned it into 500 bucks, and I'm jaded now. If we can compress all that time frame down to a day, and everyone has all safe projects to invest in, just like calling your second uncle, the broker, and saying, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. That's when the masses will come in, and that's when the popularity of a crypto will explode, and that's when the popularity of the projects that we're kind of shepherding uh, will do very well. And so it's that incompetence that you spoke about. Not so much. Not so, not so much is it just on the, the, the investor side. Right. It's on the project owner side too. Right. And uh, we are actually educating a lot of those people too, because we go and talk with projects that are starting. They come to us. They've said, well, we started our own token. You know, or going to start. You know, we'll always, we always say is wait. <laughs> just you know, just wait. Let's let's <laughs> figure this out. What's your goal? How do you want to start it? And everyone's like, well, we want to have a big presale and we want to do this. And and we're like, well, there's pitfalls to that. We started with no presale and we did all right. So you know, you got to weigh these things. And that balanced with just the outright fraud protection makes uh, you know what keeps us going at DYOR. Uh, through the thick and thin, through the change of CEO and all that. It keeps us going because there's all those different aspects of it. They're keeping the investor safe, keeping the, uh, the the contracts, uh, starting safe and then pointing out the contracts that are just frauds in the first place. But, uh, it's, it's a lot. And and your question, going back to your question from the original DYOR V1 contract uh, to the second one, the biggest problem was that they renounced the contract. Uh, and, uh, a bunch of us said, don't do that. But it was the thing to do at the time to show, hey, I'm definitely not going to rug pull you because I've renounced it. And like the first question was, all right, how do you stop the bots? And they're like, well, oh, we can't because we <laughs> renounced it. OK, we need to modify these things. Mm, can't. can't. And so that was the biggest problem with that. So we've been educating people and it it only took the market about a month or two to understand that at first everything had to be renounced. Oh, my gosh, if you're not renouncing it. You're a scammer. And I was like, no, would you start your own company and then just throw the ownership out to the wind and be like, Oh, well, it's going to be fine. No, that's not how this works. It's it's, right. You have to manage it like any other investment, like any other business, you have to manage it properly. And to do that, someone has to hold the keys. And for that, we had our CEO that held the keys to our project. And he ran off with the money. (laughs) Yeah. As, As we say,
0: that situation was interesting because um, and I, I parallel Keanu because Keanu renounced its ownership immediately, almost immediately. They had a second problem with the whole Keanu. They were, my biggest issue with them, they were using Keanu Reeves' likeness all over their website, they were using Matrix footage and John Wick footage yeah. and all this because they were trying to hook into the Matrix Resurrections, which just released, and they were saying, well, Keanu's a very, he's a philanthropic guy and we wanna be like him and this and on, first thing I called out, You stop using his likeness, stop looking into him. Your name's fine, but stop using him, and they didn't listen. This, they got a cease and desist. The one developer got a cease and desist. He didn't take all the money, but he took the vast majority. It was renounced. He walked away with the cease and desist letter without ever asking somebody in the United States how to respond to it properly. So that token's actually still active, spiking because of Matrix Resurrections, As a community (laughs) token, we renounce ownership, but there's only one exchange you can trade it, number one. Number two, nobody's advertising it heavily. You're just randomly coming across it. And three, there's still the risk that you could get yanked because this wallet owns the vast majority. So when I see tokens like that one and so many others that have come, I can call names too. SHIB NFT was one. Hybrid Shiba was another one where they spin it up or they'll copy another token on a different network. So it's an Ethereum token. They'll create a Binance with the same name, confusing people, and then yank it there. In what you guys have seen in your personal experience, but also in helping other people, do you think that the long-term is, are you optim are you optimistic for our long-term as a crypto community? Do you feel that we'll get past this to where there'll be better safeguards or do you think that's just the nature of the technology where this is just a thing we've kind of had to live with it?
1: No, I, I firmly believe that we'll get past it because you can already see the trend out there that there's more and more projects coming out that they're saying education-based uh, projects and wanting to help people. You definitely need to be more safe out there and that you definitely need, there are resources out there to, to do it. Uh, that being said, the the fraudsters are getting you know, like anything else, once we start calling out, Hey, if it has this thing in it, they can honeypot you, they come up with a new way to do things. So the fraudsters are, are they're evolving. Uh, and they're, they're getting to be, you know, larger programs that, you know, they, they go after different aspects that fraudsters learn just how to create a rug pull contract. Now they're learning how to attack bridges cross chain bridges and things like that. So uh, as they hard, as we harden up certain layers, like the knowledge of the retail investor, uh, the fraudsters will just move. Uh, to uh, lower hanging fruit, or just other more more lucrative fruit. Uh, and so, so a, like as as I we had a meeting talking about locking down uh, developers wallets and then locking down the wallets of uh, of individual investors so that they can't get malicious things taken out of them. Once that stops, the fraudsters will move to a different level. You know, right. so so it, it it'll be a cat and mouse game forever. But I do think we'll get past it. Because all markets eventually get past that, because they all evolve and they mature, just like the banking industry did in the late 1800s and early 1900s, just like the stock market did in the early 1900s, and, and, uh, uh, and just like the mortgage market did in the yep. early 2000s. Eventually, bad things happen, and either the industry will regulate itself uh, or the government. And uh, generally, the best thing that works is industry regulating it with a little bit of government oversight to make sure no one is getting high-level scams. And that's what the banking industry does. You think about it, while the government charters banks federally and states issue charters to banks, ultimately all the regulation for banking in the United States, and for that matter, mostly Canada too, is done privately through the American Banking Association. And that is not government-run. Uh, and right. so uh, that that's a, a model that we would like to see cryptocurrency go to. If we had the money and the budget, we'd set it up ourselves, but we don't. We're just sitting here trying to, trying to teach people how to stay safe at this point.
0: Yeah, I would agree with all that. Um, I would 100% agree, and I've I've been concerned about government involvement because I fear that they'll try to copy paste the stock market onto crypto, which I think would be the wrong move to make. But exactly, let me let me pivot a little bit into the ecosystem now, because you have an ecosystem of various entities. It's not just the DOR token. If there's other ones in play, and I want to kind of pivot to those and give them some attention, and let's start with this rug Seekers. How did, first, how did the ecosystem come to be? How do we design it? And with Rogue Seekers specifically, talk to me about what that one's, the problem it wants to try to solve.
1: Well, the, pro- the problem that they, they want to try and solve is being overtly active in seeking out frauds and scams and uh, in solving the problem of, uh, Normally, you learn about scams after people get scammed. Yep. The, the, their goal is to find them before people get scammed. And so they're, that's the, the whole essence of seeking out the rugs. not They're not the rug responders, You know, they're the rug seekers. So they're trying to be active and find all this information ahead of time and warn people about them. And that's why you see a lot of their tweets uh, saying, hey, we found this project to be skeptical. They won't just come out and call it a scam. They'll just say it's very high risk. So do your own research, and then people do. They, Come over and talk to us, but generally that's good enough to get people to at least look into a project. Uh, more than that, uh, their project actually got started because they—they are uh, a group of people that were also they were in another project that got rug pulled or honey potted or the guy ran off the money. I can't remember what, which one it was, uh, and they uh, decided to uh, start a anti fraud project and like DYR, we're doing it without any money or token before. Uh, and one night they we our projects. Uh, met each other and after talking with them at length we were like hey this is a this is a good project for us to team up with by that time we had had a token and we're making some money on that and uh, we said this is this is a a skill we don't have we're just kind of looking through contracts kind of casually as a hobby and they want to do this as a business and as a organization to do it and if we team up uh, we can have the best of both worlds some education and that kind of policing the internet thing, also. Uh, And so we joined forces and we kind of, that's when we kind of let, when we were doing our own contract vetting, we let them take the lead on it because that's what they were good at. And then we started the development of our web application uh, and uh, bringing all that knowledge and information and stuff in the the charting applications that we're going to come up with for safe projects and all that type of stuff. Uh, We said, let's focus on that and let them do the rug seeking and anti-fraud type stuff. Uh, So that's, that's a that sums them up pretty quickly. They want to go and actively seek out the problems with the with cryptocurrency, and uh, um, then uh, you know kind of vet and review projects that also come to them and want uh, want basically a, an audit of their project, Is not the necessarily vision. their contract of their project.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Is the vision for that to at some level from a wallet, from so the user from a wallet. Right, you put in an address or contract address for a token that you want to try to get in and it can immediately tell you, hey, you want to watch out for this when we think it's a scam? Uh, yeah, our,
1: our our vision for that is um, is to have a whole bunch of as many projects uh, as we can be put in there and shown to the viewer as being safe. Uh, not necessarily safe from financials, like their project, the developers may do a poor job with their goal and, like a you know an investment. Day. Well, we didn't meet our quarterly goal, so it went down. But safe from the, a- the aspect of this project is not going to rug on you. It's not going to honeypot. It's a competent team behind it, and uh, you know you can you can be safe investing in it. All you have to do is concentrate on the financial goals of that project, just like any other investment. Uh, but it's not a mass thing in which we're trying to do all of cryptocurrency because it still requires a little human element to, to yeah. look into things. The human element slows things down. And so in our alpha in our alpha release coming up of our, our, our web application, we'll just have the projects that are close in partners uh, in it so people can play around with the toys and how the system works. We can understand how people use it. And then we'll start adding uh, the uh, projects that we vet as part of the Disco Burn Token process uh, and other partners that are related uh, to that. Things that we, it's easy for us to get good information on and put those all in the system and start slowly growing uh, the base that's in there. Uh, and have, uh, you know, ultimately we'll have, uh, you know, levels of projects. You know, these projects are no risk. Uh, and these, pro- you know, like the bond market, you know, the bond market has, you know, three ratings of A's in it. They're all good, but the, what, these ones are for sure going to be good. So they don't pay that much interest. These ones are not so good, a little bit more risk. They pay a little bit more interest. Uh, but nothing in there is high risk. You know, there's right. just levels of good risk. And the more information we get about a project, uh, you know, how doxed are people? Are they are they actually doxed or is it just a you know a head on a fake neck, you know, on video, or is it a guy that was fi- a Fiverr hire, which we've run into that they just hired people from Fiverr to be their solidity dev and you know, mm. the guy didn't know anything about it, uh, you know. And so if it's a real project, they get the top low risk rating, and if it's a, a good project, but still, you know, or you know they're they're located in a, in a country. That uh, is known for having a lot of government corruption. They'll get a little bit lower risk, but they're still a good team. Uh, and so the the idea is just to slowly add to that, but add add capability as we get more knowledge to add projects faster. And you know, there's all co- groups talking about using AI and all this type of stuff, which is still a, a still just a great way of saying going through an Excel checklist of things. And and, and uh, and really there's no machine learning in cryptocurrency. It's still just checklists on on, on Excel or Google Sheets and saying, yep, that's good, yep, that's good. No, that's not. Uh, And so that's a tedious process. And so our goal, start small and keep adding to it. And frankly, we believe that as we start to get going on it, groups will voluntarily come and try to get the highest rating on it because they know getting in that group of, uh, of, of companies or of projects in which the, the masses are flocking to invest in, because it's easy for them to start and feel safe investing in stuff. You know, as i was talking about compressing that time frame for learning, uh, companies will wanna, will wanna be on it. Just like, you know, as much as ESPN hates hates the cable companies, they want to be on it because that's where their viewers are. So uh, we, we we intend to be that that uh, that place that ultimately. The, while at the beginning we'll be seeking out projects to put on it on our system, ultimately projects will wanna be on our our system and then thus will follow the guidelines for acting like a proper project.
0: All of that's awesome. I love hearing that there's the, again, the desire to do that because we know it's a problem, it's a need, it's a gap in the industry. And there's so much that's happening, especially now it just seems to be getting worse and worse to the point that legitimate projects and legitimate teams, the, the instinct is the moment they have any kind of failure, that must be a scam. And now it's hard to distinguish legit projects versus the bad ones, or ones that we know it's a scam, but they have renounced contracts in place, they have locked liquidity for X number of months, they got all the things that look good, they check the boxes, and then eventually, turns out this dev just yanked all the money out of it. So technically, right. it's it's a scam by way of the fact that they knew they were doing that, but the token otherwise was solid, but just... I respect and applaud what you guys are doing because I know how difficult it is. And the fact that it's a gap and it's a need is I appreciate that someone's trying to do that and just information, right? Getting information to people on both sides, investors and project people, so that we can try to help clean up and build, kind of build our own oversight in a way, quote unquote, while we wait on something a little bit more rigid. At least people are trying to put some guardrails and keep people safe and we know that we can't solve everybody, we can't fix all of it, but just seeing that people are trying to do it means there are good people out there. And I appreciate and applaud you guys for the due you. diligence that you've done getting to this point because it's, it's I know it's been difficult in your experience having been scammed yourself. And then of course, I've been scammed, I haven't lost a lot of money, but I've as I toy with toss a dollar here, toss 10 here, and then I see it scammed, it's like, well, I knew that would happen, that's why it's only a dollar. <laughs> um exactly. but i don't think that's the way to be so i want to be mindful um of scheduling and i want to kind of give you a chance here to go ahead and do give me a pitch give me a, how people can find you how people can find more information about the token um anything you'd like to do to kind of close us out here this is all on you
1: well i want to say thank you so much for having me i appreciate the time uh that you spend setting these up because as you know i set these things up from, for, for our network and things like that. So it's it's a very, it's it's good to be on the other side of the uh, the the system here for that and being the guest. And so I thank you for that. But what I wanna really wanna stress for everybody now is that we have our version three contract coming out uh, January 15th. Our current contract's gonna close on January 5th. We're gonna take a snapshot of that. And we're gonna uh, uh, then do all the behind the scenes work to get the uh, the contract ready for January 15th. Uh, we're going to launch, we have a, a pre-sale, a first level pre-sale that's available to the people that were in the contract originally uh, that did not sell out during our time of need. Then we're going to have a public pre-sale uh, following that. Uh, and the difference is only going to be a small amount in pricing to ensure that people aren't dumping or anything like that. Uh, and then we're going to go live with our new project heavy on the uh, promotion. Uh, but also heavy on the development. Our new contract will provide us the tokenomics that we did not have in our current contract to pay our web devs and our marketing devs. Currently, we just we pay for everything out of our pockets or have to sell some of our own project uh, to pay for it. So the good things that are coming, uh, we know people, while we had uh, so, some poor choices made by our former CEO, uh, made some extremely, extremely poor choices that damaged our LP, uh, we've recovered. Uh, and the good news is that uh, with the launch of our new contract, we will be free from the shackles of our old contract. Uh, and basically year old code will be into the new new stuff that's written now uh, with the new features. Uh, and we're gonna go from there and try to help educate the masses here by reducing the time frame that everyone needs to learn and bring all those other people that hear all these good things about crypto but are afraid of it uh, into the DYOR, walled off garden of projects. That's my elevator pitch.
0: Awesome. I love it. I've got notes down as well, and I will keep an eye on it myself and I will go through the process because I want to make sure I go through the process so that I can help educate folks as far as the process. Because one thing that's a challenge sometimes is when there's a migration. People, depending on the communication path, some people don't get it because they're on five different platforms. So I know right. you guys, I've seen you've communicated actively. You've been repeatedly doing it. You've done the video. I see the coffee was striking and multiple outlets to get the word out for folks. But anybody that's listening to mine that is not necessarily on any of those forums, I will do my best to try to step you through and make sure that they get on board as well. Because I don't want, if anybody did buy in, either on their own or by way of a recommendation made, I want to make sure they're also on board with the new process and they're not left behind. Exactly. It's I hard think- to
1: get all those 35,000 holders that we have the word to it, especially when we only have about uh, a few thousand of them in our telegram, uh, yep. our discord or our followers on Twitter, or I, even on YouTube, I, you know, I only have so many, so many views and so many subscribers, but, uh, getting the word out is important because we know we can't get to everybody directly. And so helping spread the word is something that, uh, we count on our investor base, including ones with podcasts. It help help get that word out.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, I'm happy to do it. Would you do me a favor, and I will contribute it to my update? Would you send me just kind of bullet summary of what you can? I know you can't share everything, but just bullet summary of the high level steps that the investors will need to ultimately do. So, like for example, with safer, we do Earn, have
1: that document.
0: Awesome. So, like with safer, they just basically said stake your tokens by this date. Wait, you're going to get new tokens, then you can pull. Like high level that's how it's going to go versus another one said, you're going to send your tokens here. Then we're going to send you back. Just some summary of the expected steps to take. And I will, I'll add that to my podcast update folks. I will do that. Awesome. Listen, I just been a pleasure speaking with you. I love the team. I love what you're doing. I, please keep going. I know you will, but please, because um, you're desperately needed in the industry and I love hearing it. Um, and as a side note, you're welcome back on the show if at a later point you want to come back on the show for additional updates, like possibly even post-launch of the new token version. Sure, we'd love
1: to do that. And of course, I'd extend that invitation for you to come on our show and one of our coffees, either with myself or with our CEO, Jason, uh, to talk talk shop. And uh, we'll re- we turn the tables and find out what got you into crypto and that type of
0: stuff. I would definitely be interested in having that too. So let's let's get connected and kind of circle this back. Um, this episode, just so you know, I will get this updated. It'll probably go in at this today's afternoon episode. I just have to do some post-processing and Skype looked like it had a couple of issues. So I just need to drop some white space periods, but again, it's all audio. So I appreciate you. I truly appreciate you. It's been a pleasure speaking with you because you're refreshing. It's rare to hear somebody <laughs> that's that, you get it. You get the challenges and the the needs and the plus, and it's an awesome
1: project. It really is. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and have a great day.
0: You too. Thank you. Once again, that's striking. Uh, he's on YouTube. He's also on social media, various forums, uh, representing the DYR token, and I want to just kind of summarize some very important points that he made near the end there um, in the closing. Um, he mentioned that the current token as it stands that's going to, that contract's going to close off on January 5th. So that means that if you are bought into DYO, a token, then it's, it's important that you are aware of that date. So if you were planning to like, buy dips or something, because what happens is sometimes you'll see when a token's doing something and you see a dip and you'll be tempted to buy it because we all tell you to buy the dip. That's one where you probably don't want to do it. Just be aware that January 5th is the cutoff for the current contract as it's stated And then the launch date for the new contract is currently pegged at January 15th. There will be some pre-sale opportunities based on your status of holding as of the time of the launch of that token. And then they're going to start their promotion uh, and additional developments. And if you're concerned in the bigger picture, of course, he mentioned that they've they've kind of cleaned up what had happened and they've recovered the liquidity and they've now got a good process going forward. And the new contract will have tokenomics that will allow them to resolve some current concerns that they've raised as far as access to a marketing wallet access to a dev wallet and be aware that they are kind of working this out of pocket so they're trying to make it succeed because they firmly believe in it so when i say that the level of credibility of the guys is strong hopefully that resonated to you as well that it's it's not that they're trying to make people wealthy specifically that seems to be a byproduct for everybody That's legitimate. It's we know that will happen as token popularity grows, but we also want to have strong utility behind the projects and help them grow and thrive. But there's kind of an understanding now many tokens are starting to introduce marketing wallets, which was not part of the initial concepts early on. For many tokens, a lot of the tokens just kind of wing it. Um, Some of them don't do aggressive advertising like Doge. Doge did not do aggressive advertising either. It just kind of succeeded because of the tweet from Elon Musk. Well, that's not really sustainable when you're in such a saturated market. So try to envision what they're trying to do as they're trying to position what their strategy, now that they know that they're sitting on something here that's going to be beneficial from an informational and from a from a cultural perspective for a lot of people, has a chance to make a positive difference, and they're introducing new mechanics into it, and they're going to have those those kind of bumps in the road as many tokens do when they start. And then when they change and something I didn't even know is that this will be the third iteration of the token. That means that you're already past probably the worst part of it because it sounds like the very earliest version of the contract was enough bad that if you had bought into it, it probably would have turned you off to them long-term. It's actually (laughs) very similar to Floki. Floki um, similar in the fact that it's the third iteration, not similar in the, contract i want to be clear but floki it's the third iteration of floki believe it or not in floki though that was an active purposeful malicious type of rug pull that just happened over and over again and just unethical people and yet floki was still able to thrive because they eventually had people in the community that believed in it and wanted to see it succeed and so it's been thriving despite rampant abuse by the past devs in this case it's the third iteration but it's because the first one, there were some lessons learned, and then they had some challenges with CEO. And so they've, the takeaway is that they've acted to do the right thing and get it on course for success. This is the definition of a community, right, as we want this to work for everybody. We want it to be strong and robust, and we've learned along the way. Some things didn't go right, but we've taken that, and we've strengthened our position going forward. Similar to a safe moon, similar to a safe urn and so many others that truly came out on the the other side as more legitimate after the fact. So I think it's definitely worth you taking the time to inform yourself if you're not invested on what they're going to do in the future and see if you can dial in to the Coffee with Striking sessions that he does on YouTube or the various AMAs that they hold with the CEO. Or if you don't follow social media, you might see – if there is some way that you can get access every now and then just kind of look for things like on their discord channel, perhaps, because I think it's important that you are perfectly convinced of what I'm convinced of. It's not just follow what I say. I want to stress that do your own research, just like the tokens name D Y O R do your own research, because it's important that you learn to do that, that you learn to have your own confidence. What is it that drives you to purchase into a token what is it that convinces you it's worth your money to invest and the decisions of how much money to invest? Myself and others are guideposts with information and recommendations, and we may make statements that seem to be in confident, we're confident in the project, but we can never tell you do or don't. We can only tell you we think it's a good idea. Here's what I might suggest in terms of the amount. It's ultimately up to you, and so that's the beauty of this type project is that They emphasize the same thing. It's ultimately up to you, and the human element's going to play a factor. I'm hopeful that this episode has been enriching and enlightening and kind of gave you a sense that these guys are serious, and what I like to do is to get them to come on the air, so I appreciate that they did, so that you also feel more confident that, hey, no, these guys want the smoke. They don't mind talking to somebody else about what they're doing, and they don't just hide in Telegram or hide in Discord. They're out there. They're on YouTube, they're on various social media, and they want to reach their current holders, and they have quite a few of them, and they know how difficult that is. And so podcasters like myself that can try to help spread that word, I'm happy to do it. But I also recognize that it's an opportunity for anybody who's new to crypto to be aware of projects that, I, that we think are worth your time to look into, and then hopefully over time you learn to identify those same types of traits, projects that have strong utility projects that have good strong teams that are willing to listen and they want your business they treat you like you're an investor which is what they should do and they have backing and experience and unfortunately many of the more stable ones are ones that have at some point been scammed just like you i say unfortunate because it's an unfortunate state of the crypto industry that we have to kind of feel that pain first in order for us to then say okay we 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 can't really solve the problem, but now let's go ahead and create something that we can use to help others. It's sad that we have to do that because the industry is not going to protect you. That's what I mean. It's, it's unfortunate that the industry has not matured even now to where it's willing to try to help people. So hopefully limited regulation will help that. But I, I, agree, with, I agree with him that at some point the industry is going to have to self-regulate like 80% of it and start putting guardrails which brings me to my last point, that I'll wrap up. Um, ETH2O was delayed again. <laughs> I know that seems weird, but it doesn't surprise me. There's a lot they have to do with that thing. And, but what the byproduct of this delay is that they've been able to inject a couple of things that have seemed to alleviate the vast majority of gas prices that I've been seeing. Um, it used to be that for me to move money from A to B would have been about $50, which I wasn't going to pay. And just recently, I got a quote, and it was like 20 to $30. Okay, that's still too much money, and I probably won't do it. But with my Satama in particular, I'm going to have to do it um, because in order to effectively cash it out, it's going to need to go to an exchange. So I already know that I'll have to eat it, but seeing that the gas prices are going down could be a byproduct of the ETH2O delay or the work that they're doing to make ETH2O happen. Regardless, that's a win for everybody. And I made the statement that I'm anti-Ethereum, and it's only because of the gas fees. It's not because of the network. It's because of the gas fees, I think, are a joke. And this comes after having experienced Tron and Stellar and Algorand and other ones where they're not anywhere near as egregious, um, Polygon. So I'm just letting you know that eth show was delayed. They're now targeting Q1 of 2022. And I think that'll be more a little bit more doable for them instead of trying to cram things into the holiday Season because the holiday season has been challenging, and then of course, COVID has not made things easier. And then, the only other point I would make regarding the challenges of the industry, and if you haven't followed the news, the Biden administration has extended the deadline for student repayments to start for I think it's still March. And the reason I'm calling this out now is because when student payments come due, so if you take a student loan, if you're not in the United States, if you take a student loan which is the most common way of doing it because it's outrageously priced. When student payments come due, you have like six years total, three years of deferment, three years of forbearance, that you can defer your payments. During the pandemic, they pushed back at a federal level, so it didn't take out of your pool, but you didn't have to make payments. You could because interest was going to accrue prior to the pandemic. During the pandemic, they held off on interest accrual, so there was no reason to make payments unless you wanted to pay down the loan. These could be loans anywhere from $10,000 up to $200-something thousand dollars depending on your career choice. I'm calling this out now because it getting delayed due to the Omicron variant and kind of the spread and trying to help people out just a little bit more. Once the repayments start, there's going to be less money in to give to crypto because you're going to need to start paying your loans for those people that can't take advantage of these deferment options. Most can, but some might already have done so. And the deferment doesn't really help the problem because you're still accruing interest and you're just getting further in debt. So I suspect the reason I'm calling it out is I suspect that Q2 of 2022 is going to become another bear season because of the need to start paying on these loans for people that are coming due. And there's a lot of them. And remember, they were talking about just forgiving student loans because of the pandemic and there was no way that was going to fly because there's so much revenue there for the government's coffers. They couldn't justify it, and I didn't think they were going to. So I'm calling that out so you're aware of what I'm estimating will happen. And I could get it wrong, but I suspect in Q2, you're going to see some bear season behavior so that I don't think we're going to see a lot of jumping. We might even see Bitcoin go down beneath $35,000. If we see Bitcoin go down, we're in a bear season. If we see Bitcoin skyrocketing, it means that we're – We've cheated the bear season somehow, but I suspect that more money is going to be funneled to the federal government as opposed to cryptocurrency in general. That's not specific to crypto, just it's a byproduct, and it's more affected because crypto is still in its infant stages, relatively speaking. There's not a lot of people in it, and we need more, but as things like that become due and take money away from people, it's just going to be harder to do it. So that's what I got for you today. I hope this was a very enjoyable episode for you as it was for me. I'm going to put this on social media, and I will mention the DYOR team so that I can they hear my appreciation as well. And if you see this coming across your feed, you know where directly where to go to it. And, of course, you do know, as I've mentioned, that this is broadcast on every major platform at this point. So no matter how you choose to listen to it, I appreciate that you have listened to it. And any feedback, I definitely want the smoke. We do have, and I will have a separate contact form, but we do have a form on the link tree, on the link. So that's linktr.ee slash or just visit on Lysteridge on Twitter to get access to that link tree. And then we have a form there. We welcome any feedback. We welcome smoke. So my plan is to have a couple more guests come on the show. Um, One of them is in the wrap-up phases of a token that he is building. And that's getting in, the, getting in the ground floor. So it's starting from scratch. And he's one, like many of us, where he got scammed, and that was his inspiration to start it. But he's at the early phases, so I'm very excited to talk to him. But we agreed that we'll wait till his token launches so they can get past all of the challenges with the new token and the tokenomics and the audit and everything else. So that's coming hopefully sometime in the beginning of January, is my hope, but I don't have exact dates yet. But it will, it will come. That's happening. And then there's another um, guest I'm tentatively having. I haven't heard back yet. I'm a follow-up probably after the Christmas holiday. This one's a special guest because it actually is. He's he might as well be the Nostradamus i cryptocurrency. I'm, that's all I'm gonna tell you on that one. But I'm excited to talk to him because he's kind of a celebrity in the in the deep root world. You know, the secret world of cryptocurrency. People who are in deep in crypto, they know who this guy is. And the moment I put his name up there, they're going to be like, geez, we know that dude because he's like the the Nostradamus in this thing. I'm really excited to talk to him because I want to pick his brain about where he sees crypto going. So there's a lot on the radar. 2022 is going to be a ramp up year for me in particular, specifically with the podcast, as I do more content of varying kinds. And then I'm separately launching. I've launched, but I'm officially launching the boxing podcast as a separate podcast and it will predominantly be on YouTube and that one's kind of off and running. So there'll be more content coming and I'm going to formalize a lot more things in 2022 as I wind down my other business and kind of go feed in on this thing. So keep tuned. It's a bumpy ride ahead with the bear season, and everything else, but I'm, I'm encouraging you and I'm assuring you from my perspective, happy days are coming it's going to take some time because there's a lot happening. We're getting out of it, and we will see. I, I promise we will see the light at the end of the tunnel. Take care.